This is Unsocial Spectators with Clay Harrison and Mark Ramsey. And uh, you can find us at unsocialspectators.com and also at unspectators on Twitter. Uh, Welcome to episode 43 of Unsocial Spectators. Hello. Hey now. How's it going? Uh, Doing pretty good. I'm already trying to scout some 1998 films so that you don't get the good ones. Like Uh, this week. (laughs) uh, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that was on my list. <laughs> that that's what I have a criterion collection of. Uh I love that movie. Yeah. Uh so so what did you pick for 1997? Uh Jackie Brown. Oh yes. This is a weird Quentin Tarantino film because this is the one he did of someone else's material. Yeah. But it's fucking fantastic, man. Yeah, it's great. I mean, what's the best thing in Jackie Brown? Because it's hard to narrow down. Uh, De Niro. Wow. De Niro's pretty damn good as a stoner. He's pretty damn good in it, but Robert Forrester, maybe yeah, his best yeah, role. Yeah, he's great, too. I mean, uh, Forrester's great in Alligator. Oh yes, alligator. <laughs> and I, I love I love the black hole. Like he's in a Disney film with Anthony Perkins and it is dark as fuck. And I saw that as a kid. I was yeah. like, wow, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Forrester's great. I mean uh, Samuel Jackson's great. Dude, Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> is so fucking good. Like he lives in a Quentin Tarantino's world with so many different characters, but man, I kind of love this one the most. Uh, yeah, and I think Bridget Fonda is awesome too. Yeah, she's just in there for enough. Uh huh. Enough to like her, enough to hate her, enough to see her shot. And, and Keaton, <laughs> uh, so many good people are in that film. Yeah, yeah. We I haven't mean, talked well, about the lead yet. Of course, yeah. Pam Greer. We haven't talked about Pam, Pam Greer is a coffee, goddess. dude. I love coffee. Yeah. I grew up, I grew up with a lot of her movies because they were like local UHF type fair. You know, you get channel thirty nine in the afternoon or sure. 41, 27. Oh, and so Fo- Foxy Brown, all Foxy those Brown. great flicks. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so to see her like really act her ass off in this movie, like there are scenes. When she has the gun on Samuel L. Jackson in the in in the house and gives him the speech, when uh, she has to go see uh, Cherry and do the bell bonds thing, like she has just so many great fucking moments. Uh, yeah, and I forgot how good the soundtrack was. Uh, oh man, I mean, so good, so the, good. He buys it in the movie. The hundred and tenth uh, street song is that is a good movie across a hundred and tenth street with yeah. the, the Kodo. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a great flick. Oh, just saw him in uh, something Aliens recently. Yeah, oh, okay. Alien. Uh, he so, was. He's my f- favorite Bond villain. Wow. Ah, shit. I don't know, man. I I would have to review it, but Jaws always sticks out in my mind just because he was just so iconic when I was a kid, but I'd probably want to go to the new James Bond stuff. Yeah, but Jaws uh, was uh, one, the main villain. You know? Yeah. He was yeah, a flunky. Ca- yeah, he was kind of like odd job, you know, yeah. where he just... He was he was a an assassin that just had a, a thing. Exactly. And so the top hat he had teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh but uh yeah, Jackie Brown's great. The soundtrack, the story's a little clunky, but uh and uh, eh, uh you can tell it's not Quentin dialogue too. Right. Right. That's one of the huge things about that, but it's okay because it feels like it, it's the crime that overlaps in an Elmore Leonard Quentin Tarantino world. It's the it's not going to be the dialogue, but the crime. Uh, a friend of mine was in that movie. Oh, um, really? Who? 
in the beginning of the movie when the girls have guns. Oh yeah, they. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have to kill a motherfucker overnight. Yeah, one of the girls, a brunette, she used to work the door in Nantones. Oh wow! <laughs> so she got hired to be a machine gun bikini girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quinn used to hang out there a lot. So. Hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, I love that film. Just a uh, perfect 1997 film, you know? Yeah, and we're doing, like, like, it's also weird that Chris Tucker is in it for five seconds. Oh, yeah. But a great fucking scene. Like, the just the way the camera works in that, like, that's the Quentin Tarantino on Elmore Leonard. The camera work and how that scene plays out. So yeah. good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, such a fun film to watch. Um, and it's great because nobody talks about it, you know? Yeah, like, like I don't know why. I mean, as far as, like, Elmore Leonard produced stuff, I think probably uh, justified as far as TV. I think that's really the only one that I know of. But it's, And then uh, movie-wise... This and Out of Sight are probably sure. the best Elmore Leonard films. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, so, what did you watch for 97? I watched, uh, and this is really weird, I watched Orgasmo <laughs> by uh, Trey and Matt uh, of South Park. Yeah, uh, I've never, Park seen, never seen it. It's weird watching it now. Like, I remember when it came out in the back of the day, you know, it's like, oh, it's funny, it's porn, and and they're even, it's even weirder to watch. Like, I watched uh, an old DVD cut that was like the unreleased version, where basically they block out all the boobs and stuff with a man ass, and yeah, it's, it's like, they do weird stuff in their DVDs. But it was it was a DVD, so it, it was a bare bones, no special features, just trailers kind of deal. But it's kind of cringy now because uh, uh, Ron Jeremy's in it, and you know he's in jail for lots of bad stuff. And oh, uh, what a shock! <laughs> yeah, I know, shock to that guy. Uh, he turned out to be a bad apple. Weird. <laughs> but uh, but but what was interesting about this film was like it was uh, partly financed by an Asian porn company so that they could put some of their girls in the movie to that would make them like it would open up the door to the West of porn. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. In 1997 is yes, pre-internet days. Um, and then uh, uh, one of Matt's earlier movies, uh, Cannibal the Musical, was uh, uh, produced by Troma. Oh, really? Yeah, and so I was I was looking at like how much uh Kaufman has had an input in what we're seeing today with, you know, Matt and Trey, I don't think anyone from our generation is making more satire or parody than those two about the world we live in. And and just having that influence from trauma, it, you know, kind of shows cuz they go to any lengths. I mean, like I love the documentary that's like uh what is it? On in 6 days. Have you ever seen that? No. Dude, it's about how South Park makes an episode. And Oh, I think I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Bill Hader's in the writers room with them and yeah. they're pitching ideas. It's the it's the human Cine iPad episode. Yeah. And it's it's weird because like, you know, I'm watching, you know, they're they make fun of porn. And it's 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 great. There are gags in it. You know, uh, Matt plays a funny character that's in the movie for like no reason at all. But I love to see him because he's just hilarious in it. Uh, you know, and again, it's they're commenting on uh, Mormonism, you know, because at the end, the girl goes, oh, well, if God wished you to do this, then it's OK. Sure. <laughs> that's that's they're out of it. Uh, what's your favorite porno uh, title? Oh, shit. I don't know because like when I wrote a universal remote, we used to have a category that was pick the fake porno title and you had to research a lot because I mean, most porno titles are pretty easy to, to, to get. And so we would come up with porno titles and then research to see if they really existed. Most of the time they really did. So 
I've seen a lot. I could tell you probably the weirdest porno I've seen. I saw a Pokemon porn where someone put on a Pikachu mask. And the Pikachu mask, it's weird because like their body's painted yellow, but obviously like during the, the, the everything, the paint is coming off. Sure. But the, but the head has got some sort of latex thing on that is tearing. So you see this head start to come loose in the porn as it goes on. And it's just showing like the human flesh underneath this Pikachu head that is having like, you know, a three-way. Um, I've seen Edward Penis hand. Oh shit! I think I, I've seen the the cover for that, but I've yeah. never seen the film. And uh, he like ejaculates, and all his uh, penis hands are ejaculating. Holy shit! That's just like a uh, that's another <laughs> film genre in itself. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's like a sprinkler. <laughs> it's a human sprinkler of sperm. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I'm gonna have to revisit. I'm, I'm sure there's a name. I'll revisit some of my jokes and see if I can find some of the other ones, and I'll bring it up on the next episode. Uh, yeah, I think I also saw Nightmare on Porn Street, and it yeah. was a Freddy Krueger with a penis claw. You know, this this will be our porn episode. How did you <laughs> first find porn? Like uh, we didn't have you know, the internet. So we, we had to discover pornography the old fashioned way in print. Uh, my, my father's business, he, uh, sold men's hair pieces Mm -hmm. and, uh, in the waiting room and all of the, uh, uh, hairstyling, uh, each one was individual. There was playboy and penthouses. Oh, yeah, just laying around. And my parents didn't care. And uh, when they would get used, uh, or I would go down there, if there was an old one, uh, they would let me take it home. Yeah. Yeah, my uncle would have them laying out in his room at my grandparents' house. And we would stay at my grandparents' all the time because, you know, my mom was working. So there would just be porn there. And it was like you could just go over there and grab it and look through it. And uh, but- So I once, uh, I, I used to be very, intra- uh, I was very entrepreneurial. And so I got caught uh, selling, I would sell them by the page. Oh, that's smart. For, for a dollar each, you know. Oh, that's real smart. Made a lot of money, you know, but <laughs> but they were, uh, uh, you know, their parents would find out and they'd narc on me and shit, so. Yeah, I don't remember, like, I remember having a Playboy stack, you know, like I kept them hidden in my comic stack, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't remember how I found them, but I remember, like, uh, in middle school going to a birthday party that was a sleepover and the dude had an eight millimeter reel to reel and he had porn and that's how he watched porn was like he somehow like it was like an eight eight millimeter like projector and had found like porn from that and it was it was like john holmes stuff Uh you know from the 70s and it was just the weirdest thing because like he's having to hook up all this stuff to watch it and we're all like in middle school, going, what the fuck is this? Oh my god, they're naked. Yeah, I remember. I think it was maybe my tenth or eleventh year uh, birthday party, and uh, my parents rented a videotape, a porno tape, and let me and my buddies watch it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember. My they mom, didn't care, you know. Yeah, my mom dated this guy, and they they got married eventually and we would be over at their house and I knew he had porn stashed all over the place. Like sure. Like drawers underneath his bed. It's like, dude, it it looked like blockbuster. Um, but they all look like, you know, they weren't like purchased. They were like copies. So they all had stuff written on them and, but they were like copies of porn movies. (laughs) Uh, so what'd you watch for 97 besides orgasmo? Um, yes, I watched, uh, the Gen X reunion movies, uh, gross point blank and Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. 
Uh, and and then I did a little little polling with my friends to see which one do they remember, which one has standed the test of time. And it was kind of it kind of went both ways. But I think more people uh, landed on Romy and Michelle. They liked that better for some reason. And I'm not sure I'm not sure why other than like those two have like a great friendship, but they're like kind of awful people. They're very dumb. And sure. Uh, uh, but just reading the history on that was kind of neat because this woman had written a comedy with these two background characters. And that's what Romeo and Michelle were. Uh, Lisa Kudrow started playing it uh, in a play. And that's how she got like pretty famous. And then this movie had been sitting around for years it didn't get made until she got on Friends. And so that's how it got pushed out. And the original girl who played the original role got beat out by Mira Servino, who had just won an Oscar. Sure. So, and it obviously has stand the test of time. I know that there was an award show recently where both of them dressed like Romy and Michelle and came out and gave an award and everyone kind of acknowledged, you know, what they were wearing and stuff. But man, I just remember watching that and relating to the Janine Garofalo character, <laughs> the darker character right. who ended up creating a super burning paper uh, for cigarettes so she could smoke faster. <laughs> a way better invention than post-its. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, but then to compare it to, to, to Gross Point Blank, uh, you know, which is a really weird movie because I look, I re- researched on that and John Cusack had written this character based on what he felt like working in the Reagan administration was, you know, planning ki- killings and war. And he goes, how does a guy do that and maintain like a life? Sure. So he goes, so he goes, uh, what if, you know, this guy had to go to his high school reunion and he was a hitman? And so he's going through all this stuff and it has like four screenwriters on it. And I think that the problem was people couldn't balance the violence with the comedy that's in it. But there's one thing I want to point out in particular from this film that I absolutely love is him and Jeremy Piven are friends in real life. They've gone to high school together, but there's a scene where he comes back to the reunion and a hitman comes after him and he kills him. He goes and gets Jeremy Piven and and Piven doesn't even ask questions. He's just like helping him get rid of the body. And I'm like going, that's a real friend (laughs) who doesn't want to know anything, but he pulls down a banner and helps him roll up a body. They throw it in an incinerator and he doesn't even say a word. He's just fucking cool with it. He's like, I'll take care of you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. True friendship. Yeah, that's what I got out of both of these movies was those two things. Like the John Cusack character trying to like like he's kind of a bad dude. You're you know, he makes this turn in it. But it's great to see like him. Minnie Driver have great chemistry. She's I love her in this movie. Then Dan Aykroyd's supporting character where he started to drift away from other things where he was a lead to where he was doing movies like My Girl at the time and this and he's fantastic because he's trying to get a hitman union going. Yeah, so exactly. Watching, so, so scenes with them together are fucking great because it's how do two two hitmen get together and talk and not think one is there to kill the other guy? So Whoa, they ca- just have guns on each other. <laughs> they do, and they're in a diner. The guns are in bags. They're they're talking in in person. They have their hand in their pocket, and then they put a hand out for a handshake, and then they jump away real quick. Like, just the physicality of all that is great. Um, I love both equally, and I I think I appreciate Gross Point Blank ten times more now that I've seen it uh, uh, older than when I saw it back then. And, and Cusack has said that he felt like uh, uh, there's a movie he did later called War, Inc. Uh-huh. Is, is kind of the uh, unnamed sequel to this film, because it's just another bad dude selling war. So yeah. selling killing on a whole different level. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but John Cusack kind of becomes like that uh, poster boy for uh, Gen X uh, during these two decades of the 80s and 90s, because we get to see him go from high school in his first appearance in 16 Candles to being the love interest in Say Anything to being a guy who wants to kill everyone, but still get the girl in gross point blank. Yeah. Yeah. And both have yeah, amazing I just, soundtracks. I just love Cusack stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's always great. And th- I mean, better off dead. Just one of the greatest, one of greatest the greatest. Film. 
so um uh, sorry your mom blew up ricky yeah exactly so uh we had uh, last week on monday was halloween yep and i watched uh halloween 1978 like yes. i do every year still great and fantastic uh, I also watched The Matriarch. What's uh, that? It was uh, on Hulu, I think. Okay. Really, Hulu's been knocking it out of the park with some of their movies. Really, really good. I think it was either Hulu or uh, Shutter or Amazon Plus or AMC Plus. I think it was Hulu. It was kind of cool. Uh it was uh, uh, kind of a horror, uh, sci-fi, fantasies, kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, worth. It's uh, British and worth okay. worth looking at, you know. But uh, kind of fun. And I watched Phenomena. Oh, the uh, Dario oh God, uh, Argento. With, yes. with Jennifer Connelly in it. A very young Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, she uh, ha- wasn't old enough to drive then, I think. Yeah, you know? this is early. I mean, it is was, this like her first movie? Or, no, no, uh, she had no, done but, Labyrinth but it was, and shit before. No, Labyrinth's after Phenomenon. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It okay. was early, one of her first films, though. Okay, yeah, because I always go to career opportunities, and I know that's when she's a lot older. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah I, you know the scene. Uh, he, oh, the, hor- the horse? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's just going for a trot. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched Adaption for the first time. Oh, the Nick Cage. Uh, oh, Charlie Kaufman script. That's a great. It's one of my favorite Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just it's just fucking weird. Weird. And Nick, and Nick Cage is great in it and he, weird. Yeah, he plays two characters. Maybe you yeah. know, yeah, it's it. unsure if that if it's split personality or two characters. You know. Yeah, I know. You know, uh, Charlie Kaufman wrote a sitcom. Uh-huh. You know, did you did you know this that he did a sitcom in the nineties uh, with? Um, oh shit! Now I got to pull it up because it's I'm. Um, he uh, Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott had a sitcom back in the oh, day. Yeah that uh, Charlie Kaufman worked on and I recommend uh, it to people. What it's is really it? Life, life goes on. Life goes on. That's it. Yes. I could not Great remember. Great show. Yeah. Fucking crazy. And then the fact that Charlie Kaufman was like on it, writing jokes and coming up with premises is insane. And, uh, I think, uh, Chris Elliott's father was his father on that show. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was. Oh my God. It's so wild. Like people, uh, don't know that family history of comedy i mean like even uh uh, abby elliott was on snl Uh um and that's uh charles or not charles chris chris elliott's daughter i mean that that's generations of comedy there oh yeah and i mean uh uh uh, chris's father i mean that radio duo was just amazing yeah, all that Bob and Tom stuff were was just great. Yeah, and you can still like Bob's in uh, Shit's Creek. Like people yeah. forget that like that's Chris Elliott's dad in there too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, his dad used to be on uh, on Letterman and uh, Carson all the time. Oh yeah, and so. Uh, you know, Letterman said, hey, bring your son Chris on. We want to have him on Letterman. And then uh, Chris Elliott started doing all the guy under the stairs and all that shit back in the day. 
Oh, yeah. He was awesome on the Letterman show. The guy who lived under the stairs? Yeah, yeah. Just, he did some great shit back then. And uh, I also saw The Hunger. Um, the uh, vampire movie? The yeah, David Bowie? David Bowie, yes. Uh, Susan Sarandon. Really, really fun. And it's very 80s. Very stylish, you know. Uh, the soundtrack is real 80s, you know. Yeah. Uh, a weird vampire movie, you know. Uh, I enjoyed that. I had never seen that before. Uh, so, uh, did you hear, uh, Danny Boyle is writing 21 months, 28 months later? Yes. And I'm very excited about this. I love this series. I mean, it's a different take on zombies. People don't want to call them zombies. Rage induced people, whatever you want to call it. Sure. I love that first movie so much. The second movie is amazing. Uh, yeah. I think the opening sequence with Robert Carlyle running is yeah. the most ter- one of the most terrifying openings of anything because you watch him abandon everyone. Oh like, yeah, he is at the moment of lost hope in the opening of that movie. Yeah, and then he finally finds that boat. You know, it's uh... yeah, and even in the boat, like the zombies are trying to get in the boat exactly. and he's having to still fight them off and. And then the most fucked up scene of anything is that his wife lives through that and they have to, they reconnect later. And it's like, what a piece of shit you got to feel like that you're, you abandoned your wife among zombies, but she still lived. And uh, she uh, is a carrier. Yeah, she's a carrier. That's, that's real. Oh God, dude. I love that movie. Yeah. uh, It has uh, what's his name from uh, the Avengers. Uh, Hawkeye. He has oh, yeah. a great zombie kill with the fucking helicopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a really fun flick. I enjoy that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to 28 months later. So, what have you been watching? Oh, we watched, uh, because we because I didn't pick it last time, uh, Twister from 96, mm-hmm. uh, Helen Hunt, and her white tank top. I still haven't seen it. It is it's, it is the most '90s thing ever. It is it has a wild soundtrack, and the soundtrack's put together by Eddie Van Halen. So you got you have Van Halen music on that that isn't on other albums. Sure. Um, and uh, it's just a batshit crazy movie. It's uh, Bill Paxton is trying to get divorced from Helen Hunt. He shows up when a storm's going on in Oklahoma. He has to join the team while this all goes on and uh, breaks up with his current wife to get with her by the end. Uh, It has so many weird supporting characters that are usually like leads in it. Um, But it's just fun. Like it's 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 all like told within a day of the storm because you follow these storm chasers on the thing. So it made me like go to the website, look up stuff because it's like, uh, like they show this big war room at the beginning of like, Oh, we're going to be here all night with these storms. I'm like, there's no war room there. It's a weather station. Like there's not 24 people manning this thing all the time. Like it's, it it was so funny to see. Cause I I went back to look like, what did they even have in 97? It was like, they were still riding high on Doppler from the seventies. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Um, But man, Bill Paxton just fucking rocks in this movie. It, you know, He's just so he, funny. He's a great guy, too. I remember I ran uh, uh, TriCaster uh, when, uh, uh, during one of his interviews at uh, Dallas International Film Festival. Just a sweet guy, you know? Yeah, it's sad. Like, I've never heard, like, a bad story about him. You know, oh, he's, just... I mean, he's born in Fort Worth. He's just a, a Texas boy, you know? I know. And and in Weird Science, he's Chet. And that's the funniest fucking role for me. Is oh, him yeah. Just, hey, man. <laughs> when he turns him into that big fucking just pus boil. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. And then in Aliens, game over, man. Like the most fucking the biggest quote of the Alien series is up is owned to him. And he's great near dark. Oh yeah. Oh, Jesus is good. I'm just trying to think like people need more Bill Paxton. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Now, the weird thing is is Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this playing Jack Black. And because you haven't seen it, like you don't, you, like you're going, okay, Philip Seymour Hoffman's connected in New York, uh, maybe the big Lebowski. But dude, he is play like when they cast this role, they said, you need to be like Jack Black. And that is what he does the whole movie. Huh. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, did he know what Jack Black was like in 97? I don't know, but that's what he's playing. Like what was Jack Jack Black was doing movies I know in the nineties. Let me see. Well, yeah, but uh, he was still doing the Tenacious D back then. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he was doing a lot of uh, stuff in '97. I mean, I don't know, but that's the way the character comes off. When he was maybe Jack Black is playing Philip Seymour Hoffman and Twister. <laughs> Uh, you, was... you know, Jack Black did a commercial for Pitfall when he was a kid. Yes, I know. Yeah, he's been acting for a long time. Uh, have you ever seen Heat Vision and Jack? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a great one. Like For people who've never seen that, that was a Dan Harmon show that was directed by Ben Stiller and has Jack Black and Owen Wilson, who is a talking motorcycle, very much like Kit. Yeah, but told just told with just the funniest it's sense of humor. Total batshit, man. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, speaking of Jack Black, was he, uh, I know you, you said you saw it. How good was he as Wolfman Jack? Dude, <laughs> dude, just that whole showdown. So, so let's get into this because I want to talk about the fucking best movie of the week oh man that movie was made for me yes i watched the okay so like we're like maybe 30 or 40 minutes in and i and i told shelby i go this is like the level of humor tropic thunder had when i watched it like i remember it being this good and all the fucking cameos did you see emo phillips and did you see conan o'brien he was my favorite. He was my favorite because I was on my other podcast when uh, Daniel had seen it. We started talking about it. I go, I got to give one away. I got, I got to give one away, and it's Conan O'Brien uh, playing Andy Warhol because it, it's it was funniest. awesome. <laughs> and it's it, what's better is like I have a I, I took a picture of the screen because you could see the wig sitting on top of his hair and his hair kind of poking out on the side. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> but I, it was, I believe that if they do anything, they should make action figures for this movie because I would buy a Pat Oswalt, a biker guy. Yeah, a yeah. I mean, all and the, a Doctor Demento. All the cami. I mean, Rain Wilson is amazing as Demento. Dude, I know, and he filled in because Patton was supposed to play Demento, and he broke his leg. Look, uh, I remember the day. Weird Al first was played on the Demento show. I was a wow. I was a total Demento head as a kid. I remember getting signed autographs from the guy. Just See, I, I was no, it took a, forever uh, for me to find out. I about was him. a Demento wackadoo man. <laughs> I was totally demented back then. I had uh, the uh, Weird Al in 3D album. I had all kinds of stuff. I, I loved it. You know? Uh, I, I didn't know Dr. Demento. I didn't have any cool kids. Like, no one showed me, like, where the cool music was, where the cool humor was. I had a neighbor who, sh- who, who had uh, uh, comedy albums by Robin Williams and Bill Cosby. And that was like the first intro to comedy from someone else. But yeah, I didn't have, I didn't know about Dr. Demento for a long time till like, I think after his show was off. 
Man, I I used to collect comedy albums as a kid. I yeah, had... that's how I that's how I would track them down. But I would get like the cassettes. Like you could get like lifted cassettes of the albums. I would. Uh, I had uh, Victor Born Borna. I had. Borga, yeah. I uh, dude, I had Justin Wilson shit. I had, oh, oh shit. I had all, for the kids. all kinds of crazy uh, <laughs> comedy shit back then. Oh, yeah. When I discovered comedy albums, I went straight to George Carlin. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I got everything from him. I did Richard Pryor. But then Richard Pryor was doing concert films, too. So to me, that was like, oh, if you have a concert film, I'll just watch that. Sure. But he had so many albums of stuff I had never heard that it was like, once you get into that, it's so cool. But yeah. I remember I got like a Toledo window box <laughs> album from Carlin. Now I have a bunch of his uh, his albums because I've collected vinyl. So I've tried to put together all his comedy albums. Um, I have a Red Fox album from It's the Best of Red Fox. Yeah, I have a bunch of all of his old party party records. You know? And they're just like it's so different from what stand up is today. You would just go up and tell a joke, punchline, joke, punchline. Like sure. that was it. Uh, Red Fox killed. He, like people who don't know his stand up and just know him from Stanford and Son, missing out. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so um, yeah, I used to. Uh, I, I mean, I known about Weird Al when I was before anyone else did you know and and then uh he got uh super big i love the way the movie just riffs on craziness yeah and has nothing to do with reality you know and uh his acting as one of the scotty brothers just fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like my favorite <clears throat> favorite moment from the movie, and there's just a lot because there's choices he makes that you think he's going to go with this joke and plays it out so differently and so much funnier. Uh, maybe uh, when he kills uh, all the drug uh, guys. Yeah. Um, and then did, you saw the carry ending, right? Yeah. So when we, when he reaches up through the grave and grabs the hand, and I was like, we have to have a sequel. Yeah. But but I also read somewhere. Uh, well, it was weird because Entertainment Weekly had a had a story on it, and the headline said that Weird almost had time travel and the multiverse in it, and I would have loved to have seen that. But I was, I but I didn't see any of it in the article. It was just in the sure. title. Uh, so yeah, if you, uh, haven't seen weird, it's free on Roku TV yeah. channel. And I had so many people on Facebook say, Oh, I would see it, but I don't have Roku. And I'm like, everyone has Roku channel. Yeah, it's free. It's just, all you have to do is install it. Like everyone thinks, Oh, you have to have the hardware. No, it's, it's. <laughs> it's gotten away from that. Yeah, you can watch it on a web browser if you want to. Yeah, a friend of mine said, yeah, I just went to the website and it said watch it. So, yeah. like, that was it. Uh, I want to know how many eyes were on that. How many eyes watched that the uh, day it dropped? I, well, uh, you know, watching, I, I, I do film Twitter. Yeah. And uh, when you check the film Twitter and now watching... A bunch of people were watching it. So oh, okay, cool. A lot of people watch it. It's probably their most watched show, you know? Yeah, because I don't know what else. I mean, Roku had money to buy out Quibi. Uh-huh. Uh, God, we <laughs> Shelby and I were talking about that because we were watching some of the Quibi shows that ended up on Roku, and I was like, man, how much did they lose? And she said, you know, like, initial investments were like, I think around, uh, I forget how many billion. But Roku bought Quibi for like for nothing, for nothing like five hundred million, I think. Yeah, something, something real low. Like you know, they had billions of dollars invested and lost everything. Uh, so uh, Hulu. Yes. Um, my 
I, I had a uh, deal uh, from last November uh, from Black Friday. Oh. Uh I had dollar a month uh, Hulu for a year. Whoa. So I'm uh, trying to cram all the shit I can uh, until uh, I think the end of November. So I'm almost through with the Americans. Oh, good. (laughs) So fucking good. I know the, the Americans should just end with them being introduced to Twitter, and that's how they bring the downfall of America. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Social media will replace you, and we will just launch bots from Russia. Uh, speaking of Twitter, uh, I have been on Mastodon for years. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So tell me about it, because I hear everyone's going to that. You don't like it. Well, I enjoy, I used to be a, I've been a Mastodon, I've posted every day on Mastodon since 19, well, uh, 2016 when it started. I love Mastodon. Okay. And all these newbies showed up. There's like a my instance, a Mastodon social. It's a... like in a week, it's gotten seven times as big. You can't, it's so damn slow. Get the fuck off of Mastodon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I looked at that as an option, and Shelby has quit using Twitter, so, uh, she, or she deleted it off her phone. Like, she can go to it if she needs it. Sure. But, uh, so I was like going, do I need another social media? I go, the, the less I use it, the more I'm enjoying life. So I don't know if I'm going to do another one. But then, like, that's how I kind of keep in touch with a lot of people. And I see people mass exit of Twitter. Like, a lot of the comic book people are like, if you want to keep in touch with me, you can get my sub stack. Or here's my link tree if you want to find out other places to find me. But I don't do Instagram, Facebook. I don't do that shit. Yeah, Uh, well, uh, we'd have fun on Mastodon. Okay, yeah. Then Then I might do it. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, but right now, the clueless people showing up there are making me laugh like a son of a bitch. And so the, so and how the, does it work? What, how, what is it, how is it different than Twitter? Well, first off, uh, it's it doesn't have any ads. Good. Doesn't have Elon. Uh, doesn't have currently a lot of i mean uh gab is a mastodon instance so you can have your own mastodon server is this like discord in a way no uh so in the fediverse uh, which is everything so i can see stuff from people talking on my local Mastodon server, uh, which is Mastodon.social. Yeah. And they have Mastodon.cloud. They have all, I used to be on another Mastodon server. And if you don't like the server you're on, you can move. Oh, I was waiting for you to give me an alt binary server. <laughs> uh, uh, I made a gopher joke today on Mastodon. <laughs> How many people laughed and got it? Well, the person I was replying to got it. You know, yeah. Uh, they they said that it reminded them of using uh, the old uh, newsreader TN. And I was like, no, Mastodon's not like that. It's like a gopher server. <laughs> you know, uh, so you can uh, be on one instance and move if you want to. And people, you you keep all your shit and all your followers. And, you know, I mean, it's open source software. It's just, you know. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I mean, you're not going to. Oh, if you have, if you want to put in an animated GIF, you have to download an animated GIF, then upload it to Mastodon. It's not as easy as Twitter, you know, but. Who gives a shit? I mean, Twitter's just supposed to be to fill time. I'm not leaving Twitter. I just. Mastodon's kind of fun, and it's kind of fun to see all the people. Oh my god, it's so slow. I, oh, I tried to uh, complain, and they haven't got back to me. They're, <laughs> they're all volunteers, you moron. <laughs> so, so now that they've had this huge influx of people, do you think that they'll have anyone like put some money into it, support some ads, or some way to like uh, maintain it better to run faster? Nobody owns it, dude. Oh, it's ju- oh, it's not owned. It's just public. Well, then, how do you have server space without paying for it? And how's it hosted when you donations? Oh shit! <laughs> I wouldn't pay for social media. Okay. Uh, do you pay for email? No. Well, I mean, in a way, you do. Yeah. Do you but pay, I've, got, do I'm, you, I've kind of sold my soul to Google. So do you pay for Twitter? In a way, you do. Do you pay for Instagram? Oh, the country does. <laughs> you pay for all the shit, you know. Yeah. Uh, tons of these servers. Some people are paying for it themselves. I have a buddy, he has three people on her his uh, server, Mastodon server. You can yeah. you can have a WordPress account and a, or a, just a, a Amazon thing and you have run a Mastodon server on it. It's open source. And they all they all link to each other, so yeah, check it out. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Mas- markramsey.com at mastodon.social. So yeah, check it out. Uh, so I watched uh, for the first time Cinema Paradiso. And great, I've never seen this. I've great never seen film, man. You gotta check it out. I yeah. really, really liked it. How long is that? For some reason, that one sticks out in my head as like a three hour plus. Uh, is that not? Am I thinking of the wrong thing? Uh, two, two plus, two, two ten or something like that. I mean, it's over two hours, but it's really good. I just never saw it, you know. And uh, they did start season two of Andor. Yeah, they started filming. Oh, my Thank God. Thank goodness. Dude. How great has Andy Serkis been since he's joining the cast? Dude? He's awesome. Dude, when he's Caesar, the CGI, whether he's Gollum, but when he's real and he's right there giving you all, oh, giving it all, dude, it's awesome. I love Andor. It's it, it's dark where it needs to be, but also, like, even the government shit, Mon Mothma stuff, I go, you know, at times they get bored, but then it's like, oh, I see, like, they're funneling money and how they do kind of these these operations and, and still be rich, but part of the uh, system to fight the Empire. Yeah, and you're seeing how uh, corrupt it is and all kinds of other shit going on. And how and how unfair the empire is to create the the rebellion. It's like uh, 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 when 9-11 happened. Yeah, and they took advantage of every bit of security they could. You know, it it's uh, rings true. Definitely rings true. 
I love I love the chick that's leading up the investigation. I forget the actress's name. Yeah, she's fucking awesome. And this week, man, just the scene where she describes the torture she's about to give that girl that are actually just the screams of alien children before they die. And that's all this she's gonna hear. And I'm exactly. like fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally crazy. This is some fucked up Star Wars. George Lucas would never go there. No. <laughs> no, uh, he would. He would have to have something that he could sell. <laughs> uh, what it would be the screams of Gungans? Yeah, what for Mandor could you sell as a plush toy? Um, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I I would I just maybe you could sell. Angry Imperial workers. <laughs> no. They all look, but they. But I remember as a kid getting like Death Star Commander action figure. I'm like, this is just a, a a human dude with a bowl on his head. Like I would get mad at those action figures that weren't aliens. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they don't have a whole. They don't have any aliens in the prison too. That's what's really weird. It's like you just see humans in there. Sure. Like, and then that that kind of pulls me out, but it has that THX one one three eight aesthetic to it. Maybe they're segregated. You know. Didn't think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh. So this morning I watched uh, Tootsie. <laughs> Classic. Man, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I forgot. This is. I mean. Uh, Dustin Hoffman has some amazing roles. Uh, yeah. I mean... The Graduate. A little... Uh, little the, Bighorn? Little Bighorn. Um, what's the John Voight movie? Oh, uh, I'm oh, walking here. Ratso. Oh, yeah. Ratso Rizzo. Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy is amazing. Uh... Uh, the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna be sarcastic and go meet the fuckers. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. Uh, Some of that shit, I can't believe those those people did. But that it's just the broadest comedy that appeals to people. Uh, I mean, a little big man. I mean, not a little bighorn, but yeah. it, he was in the little bighorn. But he played that hundred year old Native American. J marathon man jesus oh Christ. fucking marathon man with that torture scene oh my god he's like you know the reason that uh your tooth hurts is because the nerve is dying but when the nerve is fully alive and you touch it oh fuck just in the description of the pain he's about to go through fuck i mean even uh uh rain man rain man yeah He's great. Straw dogs. Great in it. Straw dogs are great. But Tootsie, just fantastic. And uh, Bill Murray is so good in Tootsie, man. I forgot Bill Murray is in this. He's so good. You know, uh, they didn't put him on any of the advertising because they, they didn't want to say this is a Bill Murray movie. Yeah, because it was probably his first supporting role. Yeah, was uh, he was a supporting role, but I'm sure he just took it. Yeah, because the only to other work with Hoffman, you know. Yeah, the only other film I could think of where he is not top billed would be like a Caddyshack, where it's an ensemble. Yeah, but this exactly. is this is definitely a uh, uh, not his film. Yeah, uh, but it was so good. Uh, so, uh, next week, 1998, Fear oh and Loathing. All right. <laughs> I, which I will probably watch again. Okay. Yeah, no matter what. Um, I do have SLC Punk out, because that's one of Shelby's favorites. Batch! Batch! <laughs> I may watch uh, 1998's Godzilla just to piss off Kyle and talk about how it's better than than Japanese Godzilla. Isn't, I know isn't today Godzilla Day? I think so. It was today or yesterday. Uh, yeah, something it was like the that. the anniversary. 
<laughs> but there's a lot like like dark cities in here and i kind of want to see dark city uh i i own a lot of these so i was like i started just pulling them out uh blade i'll i'll pull out blade and watch that uh pleasantville got bride of chucky h2o phantasm uh oblivion half-baked <laughs> i mean I will not go and watch basketball though, because like after watching Orgasm, like their their movie humor really doesn't elevate until Team America. Mm -hmm. Um, we got a Bruce movie in '98, Mercury Rising, which I'm not that big of a fan of because I never, think Sarah Jessica's Park Parker's in that, and I hate never her. saw that. Have you ever seen Permanent Midnight? I don't remember. Dude, okay, you would remember this is uh, Permanent Midnight is a Ben Stiller movie. This is like one of his first dramatic roles he took because it's about uh, Jerry Stahl, who is a TV writer. Oh, yeah. And uh, he has a huge heroin problem. Uh -huh. uh, oh, it looks like you can watch it free on, on Roku. But he plays, uh, and, and what's weird is Jerry Stahl used to write for ALF. Yeah. And so he would have these drug-induced... Uh, hallucinations that they do in the movie but they couldn't get the rights to alf so they used an alf like creature to <laughs> to be part of the drug situation uh but yeah ben stiller kills it it has some great fucking scenes it shows him like leaving a baby in the car for a drug deal lots of fucked up stuff this guy did but i know that after this movie came out he bounced back and started writing tv again so huh. it's just fucking insane. But yeah, if if you have never seen Permanent Midnight, I might try to find a copy and watch it again. Yeah, I'll check it out if it's uh, on Roku. Yeah, I got two more that I know I'll probably watch, which will be The Big Lebowski and Elmer Leonard's Out of Sight, which came out the next year. So that's fucking amazing. All I right. love Out of Sight. That's probably the only J-Lo movie I like. <laughs> I don't know if I saw it. You've never seen Out of Sight? I don't think so. Her and George Clooney? Oh, fuck, dude. That's Elmore Leonard. That is, I forget who directs that, but that's just fucking top notch. Oh, and I'll, I'll watch Armageddon again because I, I love that movie. I mean, that's just... That is the cheesiest, best Michael Bay film ever made. Uh... Wow, what's the cheesiest, best Michael Bay film? Did you see... Uh, uh, it is a Transformer it? film. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I fucking love Armageddon, because just seeing that ridiculous scene with the uh, animal crackers, and you hear, you, you hear Aerosmith come in with this love ballad, and you're just like, this is fucking shit. <laughs> How bad is 90s Aerosmith? Oh, dude. Oh. It's the fucking, nothing gets me to change a channel faster. It's the opposite of Sweet Emotion. When you hear Sweet Emotion come on the radio, you go, turn it up. When you hear 90s Aerosmith, change the station don't even turn it down oh i mean alicia silverstone was the only way that got people to watch those goddamn videos i know but and, and what's weird is like he has his own daughter in one of them too dancing sexy and i was yeah. like that's just fucking weird dude totally weird that's weird but i i do love the commentary on the commentary of uh armageddon <laughs> uh uh, what's his name? Fucking Batman that's in it. Uh, ben Affleck tells the story of asking the director about um, uh, so if we if there was a asteroid that was coming down, so you don't think that we would train astronauts to do this? And he just said, shut up. Yeah, just told I, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> from uh, that commentary. Uh, and we recently redirected an asteroid. Yeah, I saw that. Fucking Finally, amazing. we don't this... have to send a drill oil drillers up there. I know what would happen. <laughs> what I, could I... possibly go wrong? 
But my fucking favorite, I love so much of that movie. I love uh, Steve Buscemi going crazy with the space madness. Uh, there's just so much love, but I love when the drillers like want something and they go, I want him to bring back eight track tapes and not pay taxes ever again. Like those are my <laughs> two favorite lines. Like if you ever were in the position to hold the government to do anything, those are the two things you ask for. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd <laughs> asked for them to bring back laser discs. Oh, shit. Yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> All right. So we'll see everybody next week on the show. Have, have a good one.